Welcome to episode 22 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. In this episode, I'm talking with Matt Baxter, CEO of Wedge, an HR tech company helping to untangle the hiring knot through video interviews. Check out the episode here, Matt's views on the importance of asking questions, why you need to keep your message simple, and how his experience knocking on doors while he was building a lawn care business as a teenager helped to get him to where he is today. I hope you enjoy. Matt, how's it going, man? I appreciate you taking some time to chat today. Uh, thanks for having me. Fire up to be on here. Absolutely. Good to reconnect. I had a, such a blast when I joined you a while ago on the Matt Baxter show. Really looking forward to the conversation today, as I know, very exciting times over there at Wedge with lots of stuff going on. So you maybe just to kick it off, tell the listeners a little bit about you, your journey, and really what you're working on today. Yeah, well, it took a remarkable marketing department to come up with the Matt Baxter show for my podcast. So uh, a lot, lot, lot of info that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit about me. Grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I uh, started a landscaping and lawn care company when I was the chubby neighbor kid uh, throughout high school and college. I uh, was fortunate enough that the business grew quite a bit. And I got approached by a local conglomerate that said, hey, if you ever want to sell the accounts, let us know. And I said, well, let me buy a beer and let's talk about that. And I had a cool opportunity at a young age to sell the business. Definitely not a big tech exit by any means, but it was a cool, cool process. But that portion of the story sort of developed what I found as a problem or an opportunity uh, that grew into what Wedge is today. Because when I was hiring for my lawn care, I didn't really care if somebody knew how to mow a lawn, weed whack or any of that stuff. I cared, can you shake my hand? Can you have a conversation? If you can do that, I can teach you the rest. Well, talking to a bunch of business owners, everybody said the same thing. Hiring is hard, resumes suck. And People aren't always who they say they are until we actually get a chance to meet them. Well, fast forward uh, to today, we sort of started to piece together the puzzle of solving that those issues. And so the business wedge, uh, there's two arms. We're going to come in and we're going to help. If you have talent walking in the door, you need to efficiently hire them faster. We help you with uh, video interviewing and we do that. And then also in the labor market that we're in, people are struggling to find talent and find people. We're going to help you build the infrastructure. And uh, from a marketing standpoint, we're going to help you drive talent towards, uh, you know, towards applying for your role, role. So it's a great business. We're super excited about it. Got an awesome team based in Grand Rapids. Um, I've got a golden retriever. So uh, that's my life. <laughs> I have to imagine Grand Rapids is a just beautiful to be there this time of year as I am sweltering down here in South Carolina in 95 degrees. <laughs> full humidity. I am the one time I will say, I wish I was in Michigan. I, it, it kills me to say that as an Ohio guy, but yes, it, yep. I've been there this time of year. It is absolutely gorgeous out there. So I am very jealous of that. And yeah, I love what you said about your landscape company, where you're focusing on hiring you. Can you shake my hand? Can you talk to people? Can you show up? You were on this, the bandwagon of hiring really for the person and their skill set, not necessarily have you done this before? Can you mow lawns? Can you code? Can you sell? Whatever it may be, plug that in, but really trying to figure out a little bit more about the person. Do they have a core set of what we call them today, say those 21st century skills, the power skills, soft skills, all those different types of things. And then we can teach you the other stuff because that's, that's you right. could be the, the best weed eater the best mower, but if you don't show up for work or you upset the customers, whatever it may be, make a mess, leave things behind, it's not going to be good for the business. So people really are today 
looking for, you know, what are those core skills that we can hire for and then train the very technical product process side of the job. Love that. You're ahead of your times, a visionary thinker. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's, it, you know, when you stop and when you, when you boil down to what work is today for most pe people, it's, you've got a email inbox and a laptop and the content of the emails that you're sending or the occasional Word doc that you're working on or PowerPoints that you're putting together changes, but the majority of work is with a laptop and a Word doc or email or whatever it may be. That And so when, when you think about what you're actually looking for in people, it's not necessarily the best at those. It's somebody who can bring a better cultural fit, who can bring new ideas, who can bring new things. And sometimes a resume doesn't show all that. And so I, I wrote a book uh, with our company president, Theo, and the premise of the book is untangling the hiring knot or the hiring knot that we, we live in today. And um, one of the things that I firmly believe is that people are more than a resume. Yes, sometimes backgrounds matter. Yes, if you're hiring a brain surgeon for Duke University, you probably want them to have been through med school or been through a couple surgeries. But at the end of the day, most roles don't require that much significant background. And in fact, it comes way down to the people. And I think most people at their core believe that, but we've mm -hmm. built infrastructure that doesn't support that. And that's what we're trying to come in with Wedge and just from a thought leadership perspective and just as an overall company, disrupt that concept. Love it. And if I think about this recruiting process, the hiring process, and really trying to pivot away from so much reliance on the resume, which is very outdated. It's just, it's a static tool for the most part. It changes a little bit year over year, but it's just a static thing. And it's hard to get a solid view of somebody just from some, some words on a paper, so to speak. And for me, a big part of that is communication skills is how you set yourself apart in the hiring process when you have that opportunity to be in front of somebody. So for, from your perspective, as you're working with HR organizations and leaders, growing multiple businesses, you know, leading to an exit, and now you're growing wedge and bringing on investors, communication, I'm sure plays a big part of that. So from you, what does it mean to be a good, strong, solid communicator? So to be clear, I think I'm working on it, but I do think that in the few expert areas that I feel like I'm, I'm decent at, it's communication is one. And what I think it boils down to is most people don't know what you know. So when you're communicating something, you can't assume that they understand the context that you're presenting to them. I'm not saying you treat people like middle schoolers or, you know, adolescent kids, but there is a little bit of if I'm going to explain what HR tech is or what video interviewing is, I'm not always talking to sophisticated TA leaders that know what I'm talking to them. So there's jargon, there's things that either you slow it way down or you articulate it. And if somebody acts like, yeah, I got that, or I come from the industry, great, you can speed up. But I think people typically jump to the most sophisticated way of presenting something when in fact it should be the opposite and you work up towards it. And so I think, um, one thing is just make it simple. And if you, I very rarely think people think about what they're sharing and take it from the opposite shoes. People think if I just sprinkle a little bit of social media, everybody's going to pay attention. Or if I launch a podcast, I'm going to become Joe Rogan. Well, think about the consumer of the content or the consumer of the communication that you're trying to present. And are you actually leaving anything that's value add or value driven? So when you're listening to a speaker on stage talk for an hour, you're going to remember two things. 
maybe if that if you're taking notes maybe a few more but for the most part you're gonna remember two things or even one thing you're not gonna remember their name you're not gonna remember their background you're not gonna remember their company you're gonna remember one of two one or two things and so as a speaker what are those two things that you want to leave and, and, and really drive home so that they remember, whether that's speaking in front of one person on a date, whether that's presenting the typical elevator pitch, or whether that's uh, you know speaking in front of a stage of a couple thousand people, it doesn't really matter. But I think good, effective communicators recognize what they receive and what kind of information, excuse me, they take home. And then I think it's our job to, in order to effectively communicate, Make it very simple and something that you can remember. I think, you know, to recap, as I'm talking about communicating effectively, two things that I think, one, start simple and accelerate based upon the audience needs. And two, just really, really, really make it simple and think about yourself as how do I consume this and then go present it that way. Because I think most people kind of think, well, yeah, yeah, they're just going to get this or they're going to remember all that. They're not. They're going to remember one or two things. So I think those would be two areas that I would, I would start. It's funny that you mentioned this idea of really trying to boil it down, keep it simple, and then work your way up. Prior to jumping onto the call, I was working on editing a, an episode I had recorded several weeks ago. The guest was a former trial lawyer, and he, one of his core messages was really he tries to communicate at an eighth grade level. Whether he's writing something or speaking to an audience, he doesn't want to go way up here with all of the jargon with all the, the technical stuff to try to sound like he is the expert because it's gonna go over most people's heads. So he really does start to work there. And as you mentioned, pay attention to the audience, gauge the audience if they're getting it and you can elevate as, as needed makes perfect sense because when you start to do that, you try to overcomplicate things, people aren't going to remember. And then the other thing you mentioned that is huge is identify in any communication it is, I'm presenting to the board, to investors, making a sales pitch, or even on a date, what are the one or two things I want this person to remember from the interaction and really yep. try to build upon that? Those are outstanding tips for really being a more effective communicator at home or at work. That's the beauty that I get so excited about with communication skills is that it's just transferable across all aspects of life. You're talking about your business, talking with your significant other, your kids, friends, whatever it may be. You can apply these things anywhere, which is outstanding. Matt, from you know, the interactions that you're having with, with HR leaders, talent acquisition leaders, or they're looking for talent, what are some of the things that you're either hearing from them or really as a leader of a growing business that you're thinking about, what are some of the core skills that you're looking for people to bring to the table from you know, a soft skill or a communication still skill standpoint? Yeah, I'll, I'll answer that in a couple of different ways. So one, one fascinating one is working with HR is one of the most difficult yet one of the most rewarding demographics to people to sell into. And I'm going to bring sales because I think it's deeply involved with communication. But with HR, you have to think they are a lawyer, they are a counselor, they are TA leaders, they have to go find people, they have to hire people and they got to fire people. You think about the skill sets, they are the function of so many different forms of business. And so selling into them is, yes, you have to be variable and understand your audience, but also you have to understand what they're currently feeling. And for the most part, it's overwhelmed. So us as salespeople or trying to sell a new product that yes, is value add, yes, can save them time, but it's less around, here's the widgets that I'm going to offer you that's going to change your life. It's much more, 
let's sit down and talk about what your problems are. And my job is to ask you questions so that it's not, oh, we just don't have enough time or don't have enough budget. No, no. It's my biggest problem right now is that I get a candidate who looks great on paper and they don't show up for the interview. I have a ghosting problem or whatever that may be. But mm -hmm. if you ask and drive forward, they will give you. And then that's where as practitioners, we can come in or as vendors to practitioners, we can come in and effectively communicate. I have a product that can deliver value in that scenario and they're much more receptive to it. So I think one of the things that I look for, I think the question was kind of, what am I looking for both in soft skills? But I think, are you a really well-rehearsed robot or are you actually capable of listening? And what I mean by that is, are you going to repeat the same thing no matter what information is thrown at you? Or are you capable of delivering something new or variable or adjust based upon the needs or able to say no, right? And that's one of the most rewarding things in the world uh, as, a, as a salesperson. I know this is, I even want to punch myself in the face for saying this, but it's having a customer who we thought we could work with and us saying, I would love to take your money, but I don't think we're going to provide value. Mm -hmm. That is something, but you have to listen to get to that point because they may even think that they could use your product. And so I think one thing that I just look for, and I would encourage a lot of people to look for is you, it's easy to get sold to. You can have somebody who's well-rehearsed, got the right jokes, charming, whatever, but are they saying the same thing a hundred times in a row, or are they actually able to tailor that message and still be that person after listening to you, after asking questions. And so I, I, I mean, to simplify that, I think it's able to listen. I'm not really a huge empathy guy. I don't think there's that many moments you can really be empathetic. I think it's uh, Tim Sackett. I got to give him credit. I think it's rational compassion. I'm able to understand, or I'm at least able to see what you're going through and provide something of value. And I think we can get there by asking questions. And so I think, are you able to ask questions? And are you able to listen? And I think if you could do those things, you can go a long way in a lot of different directions. I think that's crucial. The, the listening component and the asking questions, they have to go hand in hand because if you ask a great question and then you're just really don't care what the answer is. And you talk to a, a talent acquisition person, they say, yeah, we have this problem where we're booking interviews and people are ghosting us. And you go, okay, well, perfect. Let me tell you about this solution where you can you know, screen out hundreds of, and you're not bringing anything of value to what they just said versus being flexible and say, well, you know what? Tell me a little bit more about that or why do you think that is happening? Whatever. And then you may say, well, you know what? Based on that, I think the social media feature of this platform will help you do that to tell your career value proposition or why people should come work for you to help reduce ghosting, whatever it may be. But really taking the time to step back, ask the right questions, listen, and then still be flexible enough to, to pivot and this idea of, of empathy or just trying to relate, you know, as you're listening and getting in there, stories play a big part of that. You know, so if you have people ghosting you, you know, I know right now I have trouble you know, getting ghosted with getting people to come do projects at the house. So just relating to that, that frustration of, you know, we're setting appointments, we're trying to get things done. We have all these projects we're trying to push forward that's holding up five, six, seven other projects down the road kind of using that for me is a form of, of empathy or I forgot the term that you use, the rational. Rational compassion. Exactly. <laughs> Same thing. How, how can I relate based on what I heard? So no, I think getting people that can do that, it's not extremely common. It's hard to find. And I know I've been in 
countless sales meetings as I've been, you know, leading sales teams and organizations where, you know, I'm, we're hearing gold. I also have to kind of stop the rep and say, wait, wait, let's talk a little bit more about this before we yeah, jump yeah. right over to the next thing. Matt, as you think about your career journey, you from starting the landscape company to growing it, selling it, now going into the wedge and building that in the HR tech space. You know, from landscape into to HR tech is really, really linear, isn't it? It's a normal yes, path. Yes, that happens. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I've seen that on a couple of different org charts quite a bit. <laughs> so as you think about that journey, if you had to maybe point back to say one or two key skills. We've hit on a couple of these things here around questions and you're know, really trying to you know, get to the heart of things and listening. But if you think of your experience that, that's got you here, if you had to point it down to say one or two key skills, what would those be? First skill, well, the first thing I did, and I'm not saying this is an option for everybody, but I think there's some different examples of what you could do. One of the things that I think shaped me quite a bit was uh, with my landscaping company. When I first started, I went and knocked on probably a hundred doors and pitched them to mow their lawn or weed whack or whatever it was. But it was less around like a sales pitch, but it was more around immediate presentation, being told no more often than being told yes. And also, hey, I'd, I would really like to mow your lawn oh, you have a landscaping company. Okay. Can I spread mulch for you? Or can I do other service that are still in the wheelhouse and maybe it would drive towards something better. So I think that experience. And so, you know, if you're a 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70 year old, whatever it may be, and you're trying to hone skills, you might not be in a position to go door to door and sell something. But what you could do is join a impromptu uh, you know, uh, uh, what's it called where it's like live comedy and you're throwing a scenario, um, you know, yeah. Improv. Yeah. Right. Improv would be a remarkable opportunity to teach you some of those similar lessons. Um, stand-up comedians have to do this all the time. Just watch how they interact with audiences as they have to. I think there's some very simple things that you could do that teach some of those willing to listen and adjust as needed as we've kind of been talking about. But I think for me that started with literally having to be door-to-door salesperson for the first hundred people and be told no for one yes that started, you know, what the business was today. Um, I, I certainly think that that's one. Um, I also think know your place in the world and it's a really arbitrary way, way of saying things, but like um, the first 20, mm, first 15 investors that I raised capital from didn't even ask for a term sheet, or excuse me, didn't even ask for financials. They wanted to see what's the deck, what's the pitch, give us the vision. And what I see so often the not are all these different folks saying, well, it's got to be a perfect pitch, or it's got to be the best 90 second elevator pitch, or it's got to be um, the best deck or whatever it may be. And what I learned was, I think I was in a position to share my story and the vision that I wanted to go change with folks that were looking to give back, looking to invest in somebody younger and looking to support a cause that's bigger than themselves. So I sort of and unintentionally got to know my place and what I was good at pitching. And so whether you're selling, starting a company, starting a podcast, growing a podcast, understand, and, and there's a theory out there called jobs to be done theory that's all centered around Love buying, it. exactly, buying goods and services. You're not buying goods and services, you're hiring, um, you're hiring them to do a job for you. What job are you fulfilling in different people's roles? So when I step on this podcast, is my job to provide the best communication, 
play by play by play no but it's supposed to be raw and what's worked for me and my, my goal here is to be very honest very transparent and very raw it's not gonna be perfect but that's the role that I know I fill in a lot of people's lives and so I think whether it's self-discovery asking questions asking people you know and love or people that don't like you what role have you have have you played in their lives and then start to craft that to understand your fitting place I, I, I think is uh, something that goes a long way. So I, I know that's a little bit more esoteric, but I think once you start to know that, it helps you sell better. It helps you be better at relationships. It helps you understand people and it helps you sleep better at night once you know that. So I haven't, I haven't heard the jobs to be done in a while and I absolutely love it. My prior employer, we developed a program on innovation and how you can teach creativity and innovation. We partnered with Clayton Christensen from Harvard Business School, who wrote or co-authored the Innovator's DNA and the Innovator's Dilemma. And one of his big things was the job to be done. So this yep. idea of where really where it came out of, they were working for a restaurant chain and they are trying to boost milkshake sales. And they realized in the morning, <laughs> why were people buying milkshakes? They had a long commute. They needed something just to hold on to and to, to sip on until they got it. They needed those thick milkshakes to do that. And the yep. afternoon... You had someone like me coming in with the kids, maybe after being on the road all day, I get there, we eat, the kids want milkshakes. And now they're just like taking forever to eat these. I'm just like, oh my gosh, guys, throw them away. Let's go. We got to get out of here. <laughs> in the afternoon, you needed less thick milkshakes to, to plow through it. So, so it's understanding what's the job to be done, knowing your place, knowing your audience, as you mentioned, these are people that are looking to invest in somebody to make a difference, to kind of see the vision and focus there. Love it. And love the knocking on doors. For me, that really just relates to this idea of you have to be willing to ask, whether it is asking for the deal to close the sale, asking for funds to focus on in a new project or an initiative at work, whatever it is, you have to be willing to knock on doors literally or figuratively to try to succeed. Love it, man. Thank you for that. You got it. So who's someone, Matt, that has really influenced your communication style throughout your life, whether it's someone you know, maybe a, a, a political figure or a business author, whatever it may be, but who's somebody that really has influenced your style? Two folks. I'm going to say Jesus in the Bible, because if you go through, and, and I don't mean that give everything to the Lord sort of response, but if you go through and you look at um, a lot of the messages that he delivered started with questions. So it was, he had the message that he wanted to deliver, but a lot of times the way he presented that or the way he articulated that or the way he drove towards an audience actually led with questions. And so I, I'm a firm believer in that. I think asking more questions than not typically gets you a long way. Um, and then there's a gentleman named uh, Wade Burgess, who is a mentor, investor, board member of mine. He's also a dear friend. He has a remarkable way of receiving information, consolidating it, and firing back either a word of wisdom, something very concise, or a question coming back to that. And so those two, I think, play a huge role. And also the co-author, the other co-author, not Clay, but Bob Mesta, Jobs to be Done, um, he's helped shape and frame a lot of the way that I think as well, too. So I think those three. That's fantastic. I'm sure they would they would love to know that they're in such good company with Jesus. So that is good. And, <laughs> and it, it's just so great to know that you really can find inspiration and 
motivation and strategies to improve communication skills anywhere you look. And for me, it's just such a foundational aspect of what we do. How can we communicate? How can we listen? How can we ask better questions? And it really just does transcend everything. Absolutely. So Matt, I want to be respectful of time as we are wrapping up here. What piece of advice would you have for somebody, whether they're just coming out of school, a budding entrepreneur trying to start their own business, or you know, somebody mid-career, they're changing course. What advice would you have to them around communication skills and the important role that they can play? Ask more questions. And I think ask questions not so that they can be asked back of you, because kind of view there's a couple types of people there are people who really just want to talk about themselves and let them talk and that's that there are people who ask questions but it's really how was your day yeah go ahead and finish up now ask me about mine and then there's people who are genuinely curious and there are very few people in life that aren't very well liked and i'm not saying the end goal is to become well liked but if you're somebody who genuinely takes curiosity in another human being it's hard not to get along with that person or at least have respect for them. And so I think whether you're totally out, you have no idea what to do with your life, whether you're just graduating or you're going through a midlife crisis, ask questions. I think if you're trying to take your career to the next level, same thing. I think if you're struggling in a relationship, ask the other person more questions. You'll get more clarity, whether it's the right path or the wrong path. So again, I'm not any expert on that, but I, any expert on relationships or career advice, but I think typically you can get a lot of what you're looking for by asking more questions. I wholeheartedly agree with that. The idea of asking questions, so important. And really that natural curiosity. If I think through my career, some of the people that have been major influences on me that I've seen succeed in so many different ventures, they weren't necessarily only on a single track. They were able to do a wide variety of things. It was those folks that, ask questions because they really wanted to know and they wanted to hear the answer. And when they hear it, they want to dive deeper. They want to try and figure things out. They're the people that like to tinker and take things apart and just wonder why something isn't working. And I, I, I definitely do that. I know I drive my wife crazy with that, just constantly <laughs> wanting to know and trying to fix things and, and just understand why something is the way it is or why it isn't. But as you do that, that natural curiosity is going to ultimately get you to, I think, the right information that you need to move something forward, whether it is a discussion with your spouse, something with somebody on your team, a sales conversation, an initiative at work, by really asking questions. And then the key part, caring about the response and listening and pivoting and responding based on what you heard is absolutely crucial. Matt, thank it. you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. And I wish you all the best of luck with everything that you're doing and for Wedge as it moves forward. Thanks a ton. It was great being here and uh, really appreciate you having me. Uh, take care, Matt. A special thanks again to my guest, Matt Baxter. I loved Matt's perspective on the job to be done. If you aren't too familiar with this concept, I highly encourage you to check it out and work to understand what job your clients are hiring your product or service to do. As always, if you haven't done so, please be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can be notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.